So I'll put this on so I don't have to speak so loudly. (laughs) Let's pray together. Dear God, may the words of my mouth and may all the meditations of our heart be pleasing to you, our rock and our redeemer. And we welcome now your Holy Spirit to guide us more fully to live and to love faithfully as you do. And we pray all this through Christ who showed us how. Amen. So lately I've been watching this British detective show called Broadchurch, a good detective show for a pastor to watch. And every episode begins with a series recap. And I thought a little recap this morning would be helpful for our Lenten series as well. During our season of Lent, all of us are following this theme of God's faithful covenant. From the beginning of the Bible all the way to its culmination in the renewal of the covenant in Jesus. And in our series premiere, two Sundays ago, episode one, God covenants with Noah's family and all of creation. Last Sunday, in episode two, God covenants with Abraham and Sarah. And today, in episode three, God covenants with the descendants of Abraham and Sarah, with Moses and Miriam and Aaron and all of the Israelites. And along the way in this series, we are meeting a God whose fundamental orientation toward us is one of lasting and enduring and faithful and covenantal love. God's steadfast love for us never fails. It endures forever. And along the way, we are also meeting a God who calls us, us, you and me, to live and to love in that same faithful way in return. That's, by the way, what God means when God says, I will be your God and you all will be my people. Along the way, we've also been learning that covenant, it isn't just a temporary agreement, is it? No, it is a lasting and enduring and sacred relationship. Do you remember the word for covenant in Hebrew? It has the meaning of creating a lasting bond. And we've also been tying knots here with cloth to symbolize that bond. I feel that covenant bond I think most strongly whenever I shake the hand of my dear brother, Richard Carney. Richard has the world's best handshake. Richard, will you stand up? Let's show him how to do it. Wow. Woo! 
thank you, thank you. You feel that? Even when I let go, he holds on. (laughs) You see, when Richard was baptized here, and it was just around two years ago, he became our brother. And we became the family that he'd been looking for and longing for for so long. Do you remember that? God bonded us together. Do that with your hands. Feel it. God bonded us together for life. And I want you throughout my sermon today to hear the double meaning of for life. It means for all time, right? And it also means for us to flourish together as God intends. So today in our passage, in the chapters before Exodus 20, God, just to recap a little bit, God hears the groaning of the Israelite slaves in Egypt. God remembers God's own covenant with them and then sets them free from Pharaoh's brutal yoke of slavery. Led by Moses, this band of freed, liberated slaves travels through the Red Sea and out into the Sinai Desert and approaches Mount Sinai. And it's on the top of that mountain, as Alan shared with us today, that God reaffirms God's covenant relationship with these liberated people. Now, right before today's reading, in if you have your Bible open, it's in chapter 19, verse 4. God says something amazing. God says to Moses... I have carried you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. You know, I have to admit, in all the years that I have preached on this passage, I never ever saw those beautiful words where God says, I have brought you to myself. By being in covenant, God is saying, you are entering into the holy of holies of who I am. A God of deep and enduring faithfulness. And then God says this in verse 5. If you keep my covenant, you shall be for me a priestly kingdom. Now, that's one of the things that God says sometimes and our eyes glaze over. A priestly kingdom. So let's just think for a moment, what is a priest? A priest is someone who mediates God to people. Communicates God to people. So what is a priestly kingdom? But a community, a congregation communicating and mediating God to the rest of the world. A magnet 
attracting all the surrounding nations around Israel to come live and to love as God intends. And friends, in the very same way here at East Chestnut Street, your covenants and my covenants of baptism, of membership, of marriage, of ordination, hold us in place long enough for our whole community to start taking on God's character of faithful love as well. And this is also missional to attract, we hope and pray, others in our surrounding area to come and live and love in this same faithful way with us. So back to Mount Sinai. Having graciously set the Israelites free, God now teaches them how to be this faithful kind of community. They don't know how. They've been slaves. And the Ten Commandments are God's beautiful pattern, as we heard today. God's blueprint. And among these commandments, you shall not worship idols. You shall not murder. Listen up, Moses. God says this to Moses. You shall not murder. And of course, Moses had murdered an Egyptian uh, leader. You shall not commit adultery. And you shall not steal. Now, these commandments are of course meant to shape our personal lives. And this is mostly how we read these commandments. In other words, Todd Friesen, don't steal from your neighbor, right? But remember, God wants to make them a priestly kingdom. God also and especially wants these Israelites, He wants, God wants to shape their communal life as well. When a society is organized that helps the rich only to get richer while leaving the poor remaining hungry and destitute, this also is stealing. So you might just go through all of the Ten Commandments and apply them, of course, to yourself, but also apply them to our community. And if you don't, you think I'm down the wrong track on this interpretation, just turn a couple pages to Exodus 22 and 23, where we read about God's passionate concern Passionate concern for the orphan, the widow, and the undocumented. I mean, the alien.
And as church billboards love to say, these Ten Commandments are not just God's Ten Suggestions. Break these commandments and break your life upon them. Whether personally or communally. But when the Israelites follow and cherish these commandments, their lives become less chaotic and more harmonious. Their lives become less fragmented and more connected. There is less heartache in their community and more wholeness. In short, dear friends, there is shalom. There is life to the full as God intends. In our second reading, we meet Jesus turning over tables in the temple. Turning tables. I don't know why I hear Adele singing in the background right now. But friends, what we often miss here, what we often miss here is that Jesus is doing all this table turning in a very particular part of the temple. He is doing this in the outer court of the Gentiles, in the perimeter court of the Gentiles. You see, in Jesus' day, only Jews are permitted to go into the inner courts. The outer courts are reserved for the disabled, Gentiles, and those considered unclean. And even this outer part of the temple has been taken over by vendors and money changers turned into a marketplace and a swap meet. So, our dear Jesus today, he isn't just cleansing the temple. No way, no how. He is making space in the temple For all people. He's wanting to bring everybody to God. I just love Jesus. Have you ever noticed that when he's asked to name the most important commandment, He doesn't even name one of our Ten Commandments today. That's interesting, isn't it? Instead, he chooses two other ones. Two you shall commandments. You shall love the Lord your God with all your might, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And maybe... You might think, well, that's just a coincidence that Jesus chooses two you shall commandments rather than two you shall not commandments, but I don't think so. As parents and teachers know very well, 
Negative rules are great for starters. At the beginning, don't put your hand in the fire. Don't splash in the toilet. Don't run out into the street. These are all good rules. But in the long run, negative rules alone tend to leave us focused only on doing the very bare minimum. Only doing no harm, but never getting over to doing good. Do you hear the difference between doing no harm and doing good? And if we had a world where everybody just simply did no harm, God knows it'd be a better place, right? But there is a world of difference between you shall not steal and you shall be generous. There is a world of difference between not committing adultery and praying and supporting and cherishing the marriages of everyone around us. There's a world of difference between not killing folks, which is good, right? Let's start there. But let's get to loving them like Jesus. I want to challenge all of you when you go home today. Maybe you can do this at your lunch table. You can do it alone. Get out the Ten Commandments and flip them. Shift all of the eight you shall nots into a positive you shall. It's a life-giving exercise. For those of you who enjoy video race car driving... I was hoping uh, Trenton would be here today. It's the difference between ramming into the guardrails all the time and flying down the middle of the road. Woo! Our Lord Jesus knows. Our Lord Jesus knows that positive you shall commandments can be endlessly and lovingly and creatively lived out for life. And that it's toward this deeper living and loving that Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith, it's toward this life to the full that Jesus is pointing And directing us. Let me close. Friends, it's here at East Chestnut Street that our carefully chosen covenants with each other. Notice I said carefully chosen covenants, not lightly entered into of baptism 
of membership, of marriage, and of ordination. These covenants make the space, they give the structure and the stability to our community that makes this kind of you-shall-living possible. And here at East Chestnut, our covenants with each other hold us together in place long enough for our whole community to start taking on God's character, God's beautiful character of faithful love. And for our community also to attract others to come live and love in this same way. And when we fail, and we all do, and we all will, God never, never cuts us off. Amen? God's steadfast love for us never runs out. Amen? There's always a way for us to get back home. God always leaves the porch light on for us. I am your God. And you are my people. Period. God's side of the covenant with us is unbreakable. God will never let us go, even when we do. Thank you for that, Richard. God's covenant with us is for life. Amen.